Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. Happy Monday, little ones. It's such a pleasure to be back. I just want to apologise in advance for last week's podcast where I was screaming into the microphone. Apparently it was just a noise issue, but I tried to listen back because you know I listen. I'm a... You're an avid fan. I'm an avid fan of the of show. <laughs> Big listener. I'll get like when Spotify Wrapped comes out, it'll be like your top podcast. number one fan, <laughs> top zero point zero one percent of all listeners. Um, let's get into the potty. Let's do it. Kata. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. Flexi, I want to tell you about a love situationship, a bit of an issue that we need to decode. I'm going to get straight into it. Thank you, everybody. Please listen. My work frequently holds industry events where I can have a plus one. I brought my partner along and he got along very well with my co-workers but started revealing super personal things about my sex life, which humiliated me. I uninvited him to the next event and he got really mad about it. Should I feel guilty about setting boundaries with my partner and my work? May I just say, wowzers. Have you, listening, have you ever experienced this? I personally haven't. It's so tricky, though, because I feel like the issue with picking a plus one is that you assume they understand the context of the event you're inviting them to. One can say broadly it's inappropriate to talk about your sex life at work, but at our workplace, Mm, we push the boundaries more often than not. But I could imagine if I invited a partner to an event that wasn't recording live on air and they said something that was considered socially inappropriate, I'd be like, yeah, don't do that. Be throwing hands. You you don't have permission. We're not at your work event. You're a plus one. (laughs) Before we even set a boundary, I would like to present to you a phenomenon that I have noticed within a lot of couples and even friendship relationships, the underlying competition. Now, if you find yourself in a position with someone who, like in this scenario, is refusing to acknowledge the unspoken boundary, I swear they're in competition with you. Because only someone who's truly in competition with you would seek to create a type of, you know, union where you're not equal. Mm. Like you're at a work event, you should be presenting as a united front. Say nothing if that means you can be a professional plus one. But in this instance, there's competition somewhere. And I don't know where, but I see it a lot, especially in romantic couples. Yeah, I just, I think it's messy. Do you know what's also really insane though? Having to explain to someone common courtesy there's no appropriate way to have that conversation. Hey, insert person who's meant to love me. When you came to my place of work and you spoke about our sex life inappropriately to my coworkers, that really hurt my feelings. Now you sound insane. Mm, I guess. Because to have to explain it, they're like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? It was funny. It made sense in the context. Everybody laughed. Nobody cares. Relax. Then no. you feel like a nitpicker, like a Marge Simpson. I don't know what that means in this context, but I'm going to take your word for it. (laughs) Not again. Not the Simpsons trauma. Look, I'll say I think some people say crazy things when they feel socially anxious. Not an excuse. However, we've seen it time and time again. You're in a group of new people. You've got nothing to say. You're going to go for the lowest common denominator because you know you'll get a rise out of people. Ipso facto, I'll say... Have the conversation. I think what you say about common courtesy is important, but I do think people were raised in different ways. And for some people being crazy and a little bit um, open with their private life was accepted and other people have decorum. What do they say? Common courtesy isn't that common? I mean, common sense isn't that common? Precisely. Someone says that. This is Flex and Frooms.
on Kada. There's a lot we can learn from other cultures. Personally, I'm a bit tired of learning. I think we've like taken in a lot of information over the course of our lives and we're not even done living yet. Facts. I'm just concerned about how much excess space I have left, especially because as we know, your subconscious mind, you know, in your brain, it stores everything you've ever seen, thought, felt, smelt, experienced. And at some point I'm like, let's just stop. Let's pause for a second. But... How do we feel about sleeping at work? Yay or nay, shall we introduce? Don't say too much. Oh, she's yawning. She is yawning. Frumi is yawning. Because in other cultures that aren't Australian, you can sleep at work and it's not frowned upon. Bring that back. It's the Japanese art of sleeping at work in a muri. It's a very common practice. You might Have you been to... Japan? Have yes. You, you've experienced. So you might see the salaryman sleeping on the floor, on the train station floor, um, at cafes, at cafeterias. And if you've seen this firsthand, you'd be very taken aback mm. by it because it's unusual to see someone looking unconscious in real life and everybody just walking past like nothing is going wrong. But after some research, it's actually not considered to be odd because culturally this idea of rest is interwoven in Japanese culture not rest precisely but it's almost like a celebration of how far you've been able to extend yourself to work that your work ethic is so pristine it's so premium you're so committed to going the extra mile that you would fall asleep randomly in the middle of the day can I get a hoorah Hoorah! Yeah. The girl bosses are built different in Japan. Literally! Look, I will say that I've heard or seen those, like, galleries of men who get really drunk in Japan after work and then they pass out. Have you seen those? Yeah. I wonder if we're getting the two confused. No. Are they just really good at sinking piss? <laughs> Perhaps, right? <laughs> Who knows? But I will say, though, it is something to consider because, and I don't want to get into it, but I will briefly, the Industrial Revolution. Stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> Marxism 101. The eight-hour work day is made for how men's bodies function. Is it? Okay, we've had a brief conversation about this before. The hormonal cycle for men is 24 hours, right? So every day men reset, refresh, whatever. For women, traditionally, whatever, it's 28 days. You know, your whole menstrual cycle. You've got your ovulating period, your menstrual period, your police. You know, you, you get what I'm saying, right? So this idea that women are expected to go to work and be prepared to function at any given time of the day during the month is actually insane. Because for half of the month, your body's going through stuff that makes that actually like quite impossible. But for men, it's a fresh start every day, 24-hour cycle. Like you can get up every morning and do the same thing you did yesterday and be at work for eight hours because tomorrow you'll be refreshed. We need to find a way to incorporate this into the work um, workforce without it giving the appearance that women are weak. There's a lot that needs to be done in order for us to actually put this into practice. I think very little. Let's just start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't be coming in next week, yeah. love. It's a bad week for me, actually. I'm ovulating. <laughs> Actually, it's a good week when I'm ovulating. When I'm menstruating, though, bad week. Flop era. Flop era. Yeah. Damn. Kata. Flex and Frooms. You're listening to Flex and Frooms. What the frick? We have yet another moral dilemma from my brain to you. Imagine this. You have a friend. Good friend. Close-ish friend. 
Now, thankfully for you, this friend is a planner. If there's a social event happening that, that you know, rallies the girlies, this person is planning it. We're going for drinks. We're going to lunches. We're going to a museum. Let's shout out to that person because oh. in my experience, they're also the person that pays for the bill and then you split. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. And correlation does not equal what? Causation. Per. Per. So in this particular scenario... This friend is the planner. Whatever it's going on between you and the girlies, they're planning. Museum dates, bars, drinks, whatever, they're planning. However, like clockwork, every time you get to said event, they're always complaining about not having money to participate. Oh, the museum's ticketed. Oh, you know, I don't really, maybe we should just go somewhere else. Or you get to dinner and they're like, oh, you know, I'll just have a drink. Like, I don't really, f- mm. and you're like, wait, the first time? Odd. But we get it. I got you. Every single time you're constantly planning things and then just not having money to participate in the things. As the friend who's experiencing it, what do you do? Babe, I think we just need to go back to the drawing board. There's nothing worse. Well, no. No, (laughs) good. I'll say I believe, especially when it comes to dinners, it's about breaking bread together. Madeline, ever seen it? The TV show? We love our bread. We love, love our butter. Most of all, we, most love of all each we love each other. Did you like that show? I don't re- I remember. In like a little hat on? <laughs> anyway. As Matilda says, the wisdom of Matilda. I thought it was Madeline. Oh, <laughs> Madeline. <laughs> Madeline. Um, we love our bread and we love our butter, but most of all, we love each other. But we still do love our bread and butter. And I think you need to find somewhere where you can all eat together. Can I make a suggestion? McDonald's. <laughs> get those two for one deals get the app my mac is up no free press now i will say it is annoying when you organize something and then there's a complaint about money i think if you're going to be the planner and you're a bit skint then you need to be planning things that are free there's plenty of free things to do around the city circling back though you made a comment that usually the planner is the payer now i'm not a planner but i'm a payer I don't usually see the correlation between the planner and the payer. I usually find the planner plans and then offsets that responsibility. So what they're creating is like a reciprocal environment. I've done the hard yards. Now to confirm that you guys are down, pay. And then someone will be like, oh, I got it. Put it on my card. Put it on my card. It's an odd situation. It happens way more than you think. And I don't know what it is. I think Perhaps that people don't realise how much money does like ostracise you from participating in stuff generally. And I think when you're like planning a fun hang with the girlies, you're like, oh, no, it's sick, we'll figure it out. And then you get to the movies and it's going to cost you 40 bucks for a simple ticket and maybe a chocolate bar and then you're out. It's like you got to have, unfortunately, you got to pay to play. No Nando's after the movie for you, hun. There's none. But what I will say, you're right. There are heaps of free events. And what we need to be bringing back is like some ingenuity around socializing. It can't be costing me an arm and a leg every time I want to hang out with a friend. Dinner parties, bring the food over. You can all cook a little something, something, something. Little plate each. Do you know what I love? Sitting in the park in summer, a little picnic mat. Picnic, go to Harris Farm, go to the like the free, not the freebie area, but like the super discounted area, get the camembert, whatever else is there. I will get finally the say, <laughs> go to Harris Farm when you're trying to be mindful of your spending. <laughs> you lost it. I will finally say, seeing as we're 24, we're not really yet in the wedding territory. That's when things are really going to fire up and hitting the hens. You're hitting the engagement party, you're hitting the barbecue after the wedding. Like, I'm not excited for that. 
Damn. Gird your loins. Get your savings up, girls. Flex and frames. Flex and frames. Cater. Never miss a beat. I actually never learned how to read a clock. I don't believe you. No, I swear on earth. I have a watch right now. It's extremely analog. Couldn't tell you what time it is. Huh. Takes me a little while. Alas, I knew deep in my baby brain that we would get iPhones. I remember sitting on a swing and being like, wouldn't it be amazing to have like a tablet in your hand that had the internet and texting on it? You were sitting on a swing? I swear. Talking I was about the internet. Sitting on a swing <laughs> thinking one she day. She said, would be great Java <laughs> in a device that you hold outside of the home. <laughs> no cords required. <laughs> Flexi, a few weeks ago, well, we've been speaking about it for a few weeks, the term intrusive thoughts. I just want to clarify, no one's no one's messaged me about this. I've just been listening back to the episodes as I am want to do when I can't sleep. Do you do that? Listen back to us when I can't sleep, yeah. no. Oh, it's really good because my brain... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> I know this really good podcast because I listen back to what we're talking about and because I often forget... I listen to you talk and then I think, oh, how would I respond? And it's always what I think I'll respond, (gasps) which is super interesting. That's cool. And I think we're very soothing to listen to, I'd say. Little ha-ha before bed. (laughs) I say this all to say, I've been using the term intrusive thoughts and I want to change the script. I need to think of a new thing that isn't intrusive thoughts because in my mind, an intrusive thought is aggressive and you don't want it and it's things that are painful. And a lot of the uh, bunny quotes – Bunny quotations? Quotation. Quotation marks? Talk, speaking talking marks? Yeah, I always forget. And you're the one who's meant to tell me what they're called. The bunny rabbits, you know the ones. The bunny rabbits in of me saying intrusive thoughts is, is probably actually not the correct term. So the jury's out on what I'm going to call it. Maybe it's like it's an unexpected thought. A, com- a repetitive, unexpected thought. A ret. Yeah. I'm having a ret. Remember I was telling you that I keep using the phrase epiphany when I just mean to say thought. <laughs> I just haven't yeah. had a thought. It wasn't that big of a deal. I feel like mine a is... A repetitive thought. Yeah. Yeah, let's call it a, re- a benign repetitive thought okay. because <laughs> intrusive sounds rather sinister. I'm and also you're right. Like the visceral image that comes up is like aggressive, negative, um, dangerous, fearful. PTSD. Yeah, nightmarish. And sometimes it's just... Picturing you, your family, and another family having a dance battle. (laughs) (laughs) So this is another one. I was at an event last weekend and I was talking to somebody. And you know when you're talking to somebody and they, like, act something out? Like, for example, they're like, I went to get on the bus and I dropped my mighty. And they'll do, like, oh, the hands. They gesticulate, yes. They gesticulate. Then I'll get drawn out of the conversation. And for the next (laughs) 10 seconds, I just imagine them doing the movement over and over again. Do you ever do that? No, but this is... Hearing you say these things reminds me that I don't think I have a visual picture in my mind as clear as you do. Because I, I, when I daydream and I imagine things, I speak it like I'm recounting it in my head. And then we went here and that would be really pretty. But you're constantly seeing things. A sixth I can sense. see how that would be really, really distracting. <laughs> <laughs> it's very disturbing, actually. <laughs> I'm just imagining them doing it again and again like a sim. And then how do you sub back in? I just like and get back into it. And you're a quirky girl anyway, so everyone's like, she's a little she's Yeah, a little she's a, away with the fairies today, fam. <laughs> Mission 2023, stop being quirky and stop using the term intrusive, intrusive thoughts. thoughts. Watch this space. Rhett, repetitive 
Unexpected. Unexpected. Rot. Un- unexpected rot. Yeah. I'm having a rot. <gasps> mm. I'm in my rot era. We can workshop that. Okay. You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Daily Podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.